Well, what a joy to be here and to be able to kick off a brand new series. And if someone could grab my little stool, that would be great so I can set my water on it and I'll, under, I'll help you understand why I need the water in just a minute. But the book of James. All right, so take your notes or take your Bible, turn to the book of James. We're going to look at it. So the oldest New Testament book we have is which book? The book of James. It was written in 40 A.D. It is the first book, and James was the half-brother of Jesus. Okay, so how many of you have a brother or sister? How many of you would believe after watching your brother or sister, that they were the Son of God. Okay? So, many, many, many people said throughout the years of history that was passed to us that James didn't fully believe until he saw Jesus after the resurrection. Okay? So he becomes a leader in the church in Jerusalem. And he gives us this book, and it's made up of two huge impacts on his life. The teachings of Jesus and the book of Proverbs. Okay? So James is called Proverbs in the New Testament. And you will see over the next few weeks, don't miss, don't miss, okay? Because next week, Pastor Scott's going to pick this up, and you're going to start seeing some of the 12 messages that are in the book of James, and it all leads to wisdom and steadfastness, faith. Walking in faith, no matter what comes your way. I heard one clap. Come on, how many are you gonna help? How many are gonna help me preach this? Okay. So here's what he says in verse two. Count it all. All right. How many of you have noticed they've renewed all the superheroes and they made movies now? Multiple movies, right? And if you go to those movies, I want you to start looking at something, pull them up on Netflix and look at something. Every single one, they show you the scars of the hero. Think about it. They show you the scars, the storms, the trials. Why? Because it builds trust. When you share your scars, your weaknesses, your wounds, your storms, people are drawn to you. They're not drawn to your big successes unless they want something. 
But you give weakness, you give your scars, and they will be drawn to you and trust will rise. Someone sent me a picture, a friend of mine sent me a picture of Batman with his uniform off, his protective covering off. And I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Look at his back. What's on his back? Scars. And we know that he was beaten up how many times in the, in the, in the cartoon? The last time I was here, I had a scar. It looked like this. And that was uh, the beginning of a journey that I count as joy. You say, wait, 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 wait. So what you see there on my head, and a little, a little three-year-old, uh, I was at their house. How old is Jackson, Vic? Three. He, he stuck his finger in there. And he said, can I touch that? I said, sure. Because Jesus showed his... What did he say to Thomas? Put your finger in the scar. Okay? I am... That what happened is now that this cancer has gone and it... it it set up and created a tumor in my parotid gland, and they had to take that gland, that whole gland out. So they had to open up this side of my head, and they took the gland out. Uh, your pastor so graciously sat with my wife during part of the 10-hour-plus surgery. And they had to take the facial nerve with it, someone in the last service, said, what happened to your mouth? Well, they're going to fix it. Yeah, yeah. They've already done one surgery. I look better now. <laughs> and they're going to do another. And I, I have this wonderful plastic surgeon, and I told him, when I'm done, I want to look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm getting huge amens. <laughs> I heard someone say, you need something. <laughs> but I have a, a, a dear friend, Todd Sinelli. He is a com a, a, an incredible communicator and has worked at some of the largest churches in America. And he said this to me the other day. Maybe you shouldn't have it all fixed. He said, you need to show your... Mm. How many of you could stand up and show some scars? Hmm? Look, look. Not just physical. How many of you have got some scars in here? How many of you have had people say things? And it cut you. Yeah. You know what? We could have an incredible morning just sharing our scars.
And you know what would happen in this room? We'd be drawn together. But we want to fix them, cover them up, get rid of them. I don't want to talk about that. Well, there was a problem in the church. Some of the people in the Jerusalem church had made a little money. They thought they were Bentleys. And that some of the other folk showing up at church were 1960 Datsuns. How many of you remember those cars? If you owned one, they were always broke down. And James, Warren Wiersbe calls it, the book of James, Christianity in blue jeans. James, get, James gets into your business. I only have the first chapter. Don't miss a week. Don't miss a week. Read it with me, verse 2. Count it all when you meet. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't say when you meet Mickey. It says when you meet. Mm. For you know that the of your Hmm. Produces hypomone. Say it. Yeah. This Greek word is used by Jesus, by Paul, by Peter, by James, and the writer of Hebrews. It is all through the New Testament. Hypomone. Under the weight of trials and tests produces what? Say it again. Mm -hmm. Now listen, you cannot be like God in all of his character qualities until you have steadfastness. How many of you want the character of God? Two hands went up. I think some of you figured this out. There's only one way to get it. You've got to not be able to have the baby you want. You've got to face some sickness that you don't understand. You've got to be 30 and still single. Listen, that's a legitimate trial. You got to face some of those situations with your kids. And you know what people try to do? They always try to tell you why. Let me tell you why. How come we always want to know? Mm. Let me tell you something about looking for the reason. It'll drown you. It'll drown you. Remember when Peter heard the word of Jesus and he got out of the boat and began to walk on the water? What did he look at? 
Well, as long as he was looking at the word, he stayed afloat. But if you'll read the story, it says he got his eyes on the wind. Reasons and why are the wind. Revelation from God is his word. And wisdom is based on his word. Wisdom is living with good sense and good judgment. It's living based on the word of God. He spoke it, and I know it is so. We just sang it. They're going to come back in just a minute and sing it again. And when they sing it again, we're going to pray for the sick. We're going to see people come to salvation, and we are going to celebrate communion together because it is Some of you are into golf claps. Go ahead. Just, just, just thank God that it's so. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen. What would happen if Paul were here today and he took his shirt off? 2 Corinthians chapter 11 Verses 24 and 25, listen to this. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Jesus was beaten with the whip once with 39 stripes. Paul, five times. Would you like to see his back? And then he says, look at this. <laughs> Three times. I was beaten with rods. I saw someone grimace. If we could only see his body. Three times shipwrecked, pelted with stones. All year last year, the enemy told you, you're not going to make it. You're sick. You're depressed. You're lonely. And guess what? He's going to tell you the same thing this year. He's a liar. But we live by what is so. It is what? So. Say it again. It is what? So. What's so? His revelation, his word. So let's let's fill out, let's fill out your outline. Focus on wisdom's revelation, not the winds of foolish reason. Don't look for the why. Look for what is. It is so. By his stripes we are. It's in the song. He gives us his peace. He is with us. Now, when we go through battles, we enter into what is called progressive revelation. 
you learn more and more about his word and what is so. And until you come to the place of steadfastness, no matter what comes your way, you stand in faith, it is so. You don't have the character quality of steadfastness. Now there's a song, and Vicky was singing it this morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never That steadfastness of God becomes yours. People don't need a reason. I made a decision that I was going to pray. I don't take books when I go for my infusions. I don't take my computer. I don't take my iPad. I don't pull out my phone. I look for somebody to pray for. And oh, are they open. What's going on with you? And this beautiful young woman sitting next to me. Five surgeries she's had. Now on chemotherapy. Gorgeous. I said, what is it? She said, I have a cancer caused by the HPV virus. Oh, I suppose I'm supposed to tell her the reason she got that. No. I started giving her revelation. The word of God. She stuck her hand over just like this and put it in mine, and we prayed. She held me. The man right over here on the other side, same day. What's going on? Truck driver. Been on the road a long time. Cancer in his tongue. HPV virus. Oh, do you think I need to tell him how he got that? I gave him revelation. He stuck his hand in mine. Stood up. Stood up out of his chair. Stuck his hand in mine. It is. Tell him what is so. Not the wind. Give them wisdom. Show them that you are steadfast and will stand with them. And they can too. Listen. Because there is so much revelation we can give people. I want you to understand that Christian theology, listen to me, Christian theology Believes suffering is not meaningless. It's not meaningless. God turns all things to. He even uses the things that seem to cause us to suffer. And he will turn them to good. He speaks it. Victory is mine. He says it. All things become good. For God purposed to defeat and exhaustively on the cross, he defeated, he ravaged, he took the ravages of evil. And he, and listen, someday, someday, we will see it is totally undone, despite being in this day when we participate 
in it so deeply, we will be saved in the end. Up from the grave, even if death comes our way, we will one day stand with him. Psychologist Jonathan Haidt explains there is imperial evidence that people need adversity, setbacks, and perhaps even trauma to reach the highest levels of strength, fulfillment, and personal development. We, as followers of Christ, turn sorrow into something beautiful. Can you say amen? That's our job. That's our purpose. So, turn over to this, your notes again and look at point two. What does it say? We're to focus on wisdom's what? God's purpose for your life. Not the winds of foolish problems. Tom Patterson was asked by President Reagan to go to China when China called President Reagan and said, we want to take our products to the world. Can you help us? And he said, I'm going to send you somebody, and he's going to help you put a plan together to put your products all over the world. How many of you think he did all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, President Reagan birthed that. And Tom became very wealthy, lived on the same street with John Wayne at one point, and his 12-year-old daughter contracted cancer, and she died. Cancer of the spine, she died. He went into deep, deep alcohol abuse. Alcoholic, traveling all over the world, drinking himself to sleep every night. His wife went into deep, deep depression. They thought maybe suicidal. And one night, he grabbed the Bible, and he began to page through the Bible and started underlining. And over several days, he underlined 1,000 verses that said, we were born with a purpose. Say that. I was born with a purpose. Say it. I was born with a purpose. You're, you don't exist. It's not, it's not kumbaya. I have a purpose. You have a purpose. There's not a person in this room. 1,000 verses. But when you get your eyes on problems, you sink. Now, thank God Jesus pulled Peter out. And he'll pull you up when you sink. But he wants you to get your eyes back on your purpose and on his word then you will be steadfast. Say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch this. Verse 7. For that person who is driven by the wind must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his... No. Keep your eyes on his word. The revelation, keep your eyes on your purpose that God has given you. 
Remember, within all uncertainty, there is a new possibility with God. Remember all the victories that are behind you and rehearse them back in your mind. Remember the Spirit of God is your supply. Remember whatever comes your way today, we will overcome. Remember your purpose is at stake and he has called us to be steadfast. Remember, his strength in me is greater, greater than any pain that I may face or any enemy. Oh, would you remember, would you remember that your regrets have been redeemed and your tests now become lessons. And I want you to say with me that when you hear the roar of the lion, Put your eyes on who is holding his chain. He's on a leash. I said he's on a leash. And he cannot destroy your purpose. Lastly, look at verses 9 through 18. We must focus on wisdom's wonder. Wonder. Not foolish worry. Mm. You ever worry? How many of you worry? That means you'll be a great worshiper. <laughs> Warriors can become great worshipers. The same imagination that causes you to worry will cause you to see the splendor and glory of God. Amen. Look what it says. Let the lowly brother, the poor, boast when he gets exalted and let the rich live in humility because, here's the reason, in the end, like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. Poor or rich? 1960 Datsun or a Bentley? The sun's coming out. You're going to wither. Remember, they were going through a famine at this time. They understood this. We are all going to fade away. Rich or poor? I pray for Vanessa Bryant and her children. When Kobe faded away one week ago, that was the last thing she thought would happen. This is a huge trial. Would you pray with me that in the midst of it, she will become steadfast in God? Because he is the resurrection. We always pray to have purpose, but when we go through these things, it's the adversity and the perseverance. I'll never forget when my dad was con contracted lymphoma, was diagnosed with lymphoma, 64 years old, one year later the funeral, and during that time my wife was in a Bible study and a woman came into that Bible study, sat beside her, plopped down, took her Bible, put it in the face of my wife Vicki and said, do you understand this? I don't. She was very bold. 
She now lives in Florida, and she <laughs> watched. I didn't know it. Vicky didn't know it. She watched us go through the death of my father, the burial, and she came to Vicky at the close, and she said, I cannot tell you how much I have benefited and been changed by watching your family bleed. She said, I want your Jesus. Her family was the largest liquor distributor in our area. Her son is now a minister. He, he doses, he, he distributes the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Listen, when you go through things, and you keep your eyes on your purpose, and you pray for people. I had someone in the last service come to me. She said, I go to those same chemo places that you do, and I don't take a book either. I pray, I talk, and they are happy. She said, now they seek me out. Let me tell you what happened when I did my radiation therapy. The therapist said, can you keep coming? Can you keep coming? When a wife looks at me and says, I cooked chicken for my husband, and he started choking at the kitchen table, and I thought he was choking on my chicken. I'm not a very good cook, she says. <laughs> she said something flew out of his mouth. I thought it was the chicken that had gotten stuck. But instead, I realized, and we put it in a plastic bag, and it was his cancer from his throat. You think they said, don't pray? Oh, no. They called everybody over, every family member. I didn't know there were so many family members there. And we prayed. We prayed. And they thanked me. They thanked me. They wanted to know if I pastored the church. They wanted to come. I said, oh, I can tell you great places to go, like Church of Hope. Amen. Look what he says here, and I wrap this up and I close, which means nothing. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the wonder not the worry. What wonder? <laughs> Look at this. The reason James says, whether you're rich or poor, understand that it's all going to fade away. He goes on to say this, blessed is the man who remains steadfast. Say that word. Steadfast. Under trial, you've got to remain what? For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. <laughs> Over this scar is going to be a crown. <laughs> he says we're all tempted. Don't be deceived. Verse 17, every good gift and every Perfect gift is from 
Now watch this. Watch this. Here's the wonder. Would you help me? Come here. Just give me. I had some friends, and they went to Nepal. They wanted to see Mount Everest. Okay. And they got there, and they were looking up. There's eight mountain peaks in Nepal. Everest is the largest. And they were looking up, and they were just ooing and eyeing about, oh, look at Everest, look at Everest. Oh, no. <laughs> and the guide came over and went just like this. You ready? All right. He said, look up there, that's Everest. Oh. <laughs> they were looking under the clouds. Everest was above the clouds. Thank you. I want every one of you to lift your head. Get it off the worry. And look at the wonder. The wonder of it all. Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Philippians chapter 2 says this. Jesus, full of the glory of God, totally equal with God, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful, came to earth and emptied himself of all the glory, became a baby that needed someone to change his diaper. Think about that. Goes from all-powerful to needing someone to change him and feed him. The one he created provided his milk. Why did he do it? There's an article by Harriet Rubin. It's in Fast Company. I would encourage all of you to read it. Here's what it says. Here's what it says. And I want you to understand, and I want you to grasp this, and I want you to take it with you today. It's called Success and Excess. She says... We have become so glory-starved that we keep our faces on social media looking for those who like us. Looking for, are they, are they still sending stuff to me? That we were, we're grasped in this glory-starved. And she says, she says, this is amazing. She says, we have, we have, begun to seek glory through respect, honor, money, power, control. But she said, this desire has become the new alcohol. She said, anybody who abuses a substance knows that the next time they need more. And we have gotten ourselves in a culture where now we are seeking 
and, and, and. Look at our world. What does everybody want? Somebody said democracy works until they figure out that you vote somebody in that'll give you. Be careful. Because we can get trapped in success and excess. She says we need to be honest because so many who get the success and the money, and the power, and the fame are self-destructing when they get there. She said, could it be that when they get there, they don't like what they see? We hear over and over and over the self-destruction. The reason, she says, is we are glory-starved. Say those words. Glory starved. So does the Bible say that. There is only one way to be glory-satisfied and live humble. Not having to post everything. got the new red car. <laughs> Going on the cruise. Listen. Jesus emptied himself for a reason. He poured his glory out so that we could have it. Maybe you didn't hear me. He emptied himself of his glory so that we could be filled with his glory. Amen. It's not a matter of show me your glory. It's a matter of fill me with your glory because it's the only way I'll be satisfied. It's the only way I'll be satisfied. We can have the glory of God. We can have all the character of God. Today, do you have the glory of God? Or are you still glory starved? If you're glory starved today, you're going to leave here with the glory of God. If you're sick in body, going through trouble, we're going to pray, and God is here to touch. And all the rest of us are going to move to the communion tables on the right and left. And when we get there, we're going to take the bread and cup and we're going to remember one thing. Listen to me. C.S. Lewis says, it is not the fire of hell that is so devastating. It is that when you go to hell, you will be utterly and eternally ignored. Utterly and eternally ignored. That's why Jesus on the cross, and when you get to the communion tables... Remember this. He cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou? Jesus experienced utterly ignorance from his Father God. Why? So that we would never have to experience it.
close your eyes. Look up towards heaven. Look at the face of Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at the Father. Look at what's on his face as he looks at you. He doesn't need to click like. His smile says it all. Listen, listen with your ears. Jesus is interceding for you to the Father. He is praying blessing. He is praying for you and me. Look at the Holy Spirit. He is handing you the gift that you need right now. Some of you say, I can't see him, and I can't hear Jesus. You're still glory starved. Instead of looking to his face, you're looking to all the other faces. If you're here today, and you are glory starved, and you want Jesus, and you want all of his glory, and you want all the glory of God, and you want to become steadfast in your faith, no matter what you face. I'm going to count to three. And if you're not sure, if you're not sure you have the glory of God filling you, when I get to three, I want you to throw your hands straight up in the air. The prayer team is coming from their seats and standing at the front. And the worship team is going to come in a moment and they're going to sing, It is so. By his stripes, I am healed. It is so. When they sing it, those of you that lift your hand um, in just a moment, you want the glory of God. You want to be glory-filled. I want you to be the first to respond. And then those of you that need healing or a miracle in a situation, I want you to come. And then all of us go to the communion table. And when you hear those words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Remember, he was ignored so that you and I never have to be ignored. If you need his glory to fill you today and you're sensing your glory star, maybe it's the first time, maybe it's a renewal, but you want the glory of God to fill you you want Jesus. You want all he did on the cross. You want his revelation. When I get to three, throw your hands straight up. One, two, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. You may take them down. Let's pray. Let's pray out loud. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you that you're not mad. You're not mad at me. You love me. So you emptied yourself so I could be totally filled. I receive it right now. I receive you. I choose to follow you from this day forward. I will be filled with your glory. And I will be steadfast in my faith. No matter what I face. No matter what I go through. Thank you, Jesus.
everybody stand all over this room today. And those of you that just prayed to receive the glory of God in your life, would you be the first to step out of your seat and come? And these people at the front will tell you what next steps are for you as you grow in understanding the glory of God and the steadfastness of faith. Others of you that need healing, I'm going to step down and we're going to pray for the sick and these people will help me pray. And then all the rest, go to the communion tables and take the juice and take the bread and say, thank you God that you were ignored so that I don't have to be ignored. As they sing, I want you to come.